Okay, good morning, everyone. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Monty. And welcome to day nine of our 14-day Buddhist practice. And Monty's going to lead us off with the five remembrances as we do every day. Thank you, Alan. So once again, I'm going to ring the bell and then I'll be reciting the five remembrances. I am subject to aging. There is no way to avoid aging. I am subject to ill health. There is no way to avoid illness. I am going to die. There is no way to avoid death, everyone and everything that I love will change. There is no way to escape being separated from them. My only true possessions are my actions. I cannot escape their consequences. All right, Alan, go ahead. Okay, thank you, Bonte. And once again, welcome to day nine. Today is entitled Entering the Market. So let me start off with a scripture reading. Bare-chested, barefooted, he comes into the marketplace, muddied and dust-covered, how broadly he grins. Without recourse to mystic powers, wither trees, he swiftly brings to bloom. So what we're talking about today is coming from uh, basically the Mahayana branch of uh, Buddhism. Uh, specifically Zen and Chan. And so it's, kind of, it's called the 10 ox herding pictures or the 10 bulls is basically what we're talking about. This is the last part of it. And I found it kind of fitting for what we're going on, on with right now with the pandemic. So the, the entire purpose of the 10 ox herding pictures is basically the practitioner, you know, essentially, you know, being able to uh, discover their mind, control the mind and, you know, essentially conquer the, the craziness of our, our minds, the deluded nature of our minds. And so and the mind is represented by the bull inside these particular uh, pictures. And so, you know, as regular everyday laypersons, it would be very challenging to try to get through all 10 of these, you know, uh, in a lifetime, but it shows us kind of like the progression that we actually make. Now, this last one, uh, entering the market, is basically this awakened or enlightened practitioner who is able to, you know, 
they're awakening, they're enlightened, but they're not, you know, sitting on a mountain somewhere and just meditating all day. They're going back into the market, into daily life, but not daily life like the lay person, but they're going into the market. And what's kind of um, fun and unusual about this particular one, it they're doing things that we would not expect of an enlightened person. They're they're going, you know, into bars and stuff like that, which would be uh, unthinkable. But they're not going in there just to, you know, drink and be happy and stuff like that. They're awakened, so they're there to essentially, you know, share their wisdom with others, and they're not affected by all these vices and everything else that's kind of going around them. So I found it kind of fitting for uh, the current pandemic. You know, there's, if you want to think about it, where, what is your market right now? Not just going into quote unquote the market like a grocery store or a department store or something like that, but just your life. You know, if you're at home and you're, uh, you know quarantine secluded or whatever the case might be you know what does your market look like is there a sick family member are you unemployed uh, when you do go out into the real world you know and you actually go into these markets right how are you interacting when you go inside there so uh, i will make an assumption that nobody's enlightened uh, on these particular you know zoom, <laughs> zoom meetings here but what's you know we're not and so when you go out there kind of think about a few things you can actually do so trying to go in there with the mindset of like, what would a Buddha do? What would one of his enlightened disciples do? What would a Bodhisattva do in these particular situations? Don't worry about being 100%. You know, if you make a mistake, you make a mistake, but kind of go in there with, you know, this wholesome mindset uh, when you go inside these particular situations. And that's kind of like what you guys to kind of focus on, you know, as a, as a practice starting today, you're, we're going in, we're being mindful, you know, mindfulness is kind of like a key theme for our entire practice, but we're going in with this, you know, correct mindset uh, into these particular markets. Um, and we're doing a great thing with our daily practice, you know, so we're doing the five remembrances, which is basically us confronting our, our fears, you know, and being able to transform those fears. And then the Noble Eightfold Path, you know, is, is essentially like this, this cloak, this armor that we're using as we go into the world. You know, it's, it's the right, definitely right after each one of them, it's, it's the right path to take and that helps us make our wheel perfectly round as we kind of go into this world of perfect, um, um, you know, it, encounters that we're going to have out during the world. So kind of think about that uh, as far as your daily practice, like what is your market? It might be kind of like, a, you know, a, a thought for you, like, what is my market at home? What is my market when I go out and stuff like that? And be aware of like all the different, you know, challenges that you are experiencing or may experience. And what basically Mara is trying to do to you, what the, the fears are trying to do to you, the delusion that you're seeing, et cetera. Bhante, do you want to add anything to this? Yes, thank you, Alan. Um, so I think it's important uh, to remember that all the awakened beings didn't just, you know, stay in the forest or in the mountains. Uh, you know, the Buddha every day walked into town to get his alms food. So every day he had to interact with people. We think about the Buddha secluded, you know, and, um, but that was actually one of the incorrect practices that he said, the ascetic practice. And he actually created the Sangha to be a social organization, right? Um, so we can, when we look at the life of the Buddha, we see the Buddha he went to eat at the palace with the kings and he had the best food in the world. And then other days, uh, he went to where the lepers were at and they would feed him whatever, you know, we would call it gruel, leftover food that 
the, those very sick people had. Uh, and so the Buddha was meeting people everywhere at all places. Uh, he tried to stop a war from happening by sitting, sitting silently in the middle of the crossroads. Uh, the Buddha uh, helped resolve a water dispute between two kingdoms. So uh, we, can, we can see this as, uh, you know, uh, being able to maintain that serenity of mind while still being engaged in the world. The Buddha advocated for, you know, nonviolence everywhere he went. The Buddha advocated for uh, human equality. The Buddha advocated against um, killing animals. And the Buddha advocated against also uh, uh, for many different uh, different things. So the Buddha was very much involved in many of the things, but without being consumed by them, without being tainted by them, without uh, becoming angry, without uh, becoming boastful either. Uh, and the Buddha had a, also he had a they built a nice little like uh, like a spa for him where all these. Uh, uh, fragrant smells and we think oh why would the buddha enjoy such a luxurious thing well he had no attachment to them either right so we have to remember that we can go around living our daily lives though you can still go to work you can raise your children the important thing is you know how are you interacting how are you responding right look at your mind when you're doing all these things uh is there any greed hatred or confusion um it, are you interacting in such a way where you're mindful of everything that you're doing? Are you interacting in such a way where the, there's wholesome states in, in your mind at all times? So that's really what the importance of this is about the Oxford or example at the end is that you can still <clears throat> be part of the world, not in the same way, obviously, but you can still be part of it in a different way. Um, the Buddha gave the example of being, um, being the light in the darkness for those who have eyes to see. So I think this is also a very important example um, where the Buddha is inviting us to go out into the world and be an example for others, right? And also for those who have eyes to see, that means for those who are willing to learn. So we also don't try to force, you know, our lifestyle or Buddhism on others. If, they're, if they don't have eyes to see, then there's nothing we can do. Uh, but for those few that do have eyes to see, who have vision, well, we can be an example for them. But if we hide off, if we retreat from the world, then there's no hope for them because there's no example. And we know how important it is, especially for young people to have good role models, to have mentors, to have examples. I mean, there's whole industries that make their money off of influencing children, right? Social influencers and TV. So um, we should also try to do the same thing, but uh, for the wholesome, the whole, from a wholesome perspective. So this is really an invitation uh, to, you know, maybe in the beginning, you do have to seclude yourself just because your mind's not ready yet. But once you do reach a certain level of practice, then it, the Buddha invites us to go back into the world and, and be an example and share the teachings with others. And um, so that's how I really take, I mean, I, I wish we would have had a picture of all the ox herding ones. And now, now that I thought about it, it would be, it's really nice, but you can Google it. It's a very beautiful, um, very beautiful picture. Is there anything else, Alan? Yeah, uh, I, I like the example that you gave of the alms rounds. And so a lot of times in our modern world, the one image we have like a Buddhist monks is, you know, 
especially in Theravada, is, you know, they're alms rounds, they're going out there, right? And there was an absolute purpose for that. You know, it's, it's so that the, the monks and nuns were not secluded just, you know, inside their monastery. They were out there interacting with the, uh, the, the laypersons, basically. And so it was a profound practice, really, for both the monastics and the laypersons that, mm -hmm. that contributed. It was very, very, very important. And especially like with the Buddha, exactly, he was always, you know, engaged, if you will. He was always out there, but never in a way that deviated from uh, his teachings or the path. Uh, so I think that's perfect. Um, yeah, it's, 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 so, it's so important to actually be engaged, you know, be, be out there in the world. Um, and sometimes we don't think about it, but you're absolutely right too. We, we don't want to, you know, push our beliefs, you know, you just got to show that by your actions. Yeah, and as you said, showing it by your actions really brings it back to the five remembrances, right? All we have is our actions. So, I mean, that ties in very nicely. And then I like the little quote that's in here that says, uh, what, would, what would the Buddha do, right? When in doubt, just what would the Buddha do? How would an enlightened being or bodhisattva or arahant or even stream mentor, right? Someone who's just got the first level of awakening, how would they act? And you can think of your favorite, you know, awakened being or example from Buddhist history and think about them and be like, how would they act? Or maybe even your own teacher, right? Your own Buddhist teacher, how would they interact in this situation? Okay, so I think we can move on to the meditation now. Let's see. So today I wanna to bring it back to the example that we gave in the planner of how to practice meditation. So we start off by sitting with our back straight. So I invite everyone now to sit with your back straight. This is to be able to have a good posture that's gonna be able to maintain your meditative practice and also to avoid drowsiness. Now you can be mindful if there's any tension in the body and relax it. And as you relax your body, your attention will automatically drift towards the breath. Then you can observe the nature of this breath. Is it long? Is it short? Is it obstructed? Is it smooth? And you can see how this, how this breath is affecting the body. How every time that we breathe in, the body is being affected. And every time that we breathe out, the body is being affected. And we can actively, intentionally relax on each in-breath and out-breath. While we breathe in, we see if there's any tension and we relax it. When we breathe out, we see if there's any tension and we relax it. As you do this, you'll begin to experience some relaxation, a feeling of comfort 
And when the body is relaxed, comfortable, free from tension, the mind becomes satisfied or content. Focus your attention on this physical comfort and mental contentment. And from this place of tranquility, start observing your thoughts that arise in the mind. You can also observe your mood. Observe your body, your mental mood, and the thoughts that arise in your experience from a place of tranquility. Maintain attention on the breath and tranquility that arises from it. Try to remain in this state of tranquil observation of the body and mind as long as possible. So we actively relax on the in-breath and out-breath, looking for any tension in the body and relaxing it. Aware of our thoughts, aware of our mood, and relaxing. Letting go, observing from a place of equanimity, using the breath as our anchor, I invite you to continue this breath meditation for a few more minutes.
Now that your mind is calm, body is relaxed, you can bless yourself with your calm mind. Also by the power of this wholesome action, skillful action, may you be free from immature company and may you have good companions until you realize Nibbana. All right. Alan, is there anything else? <laughs> yeah, I just want to share a quick, quick, short story, fun story. And so uh, it was a Westerner who went either to Korea or Japan, went to like a Zen, you know, temple there, little meditation retreat. And they were so bothered by their experience. But why were they bothered? They were bothered because they heard like, you know, this water dripping that you know, didn't, monks weren't fixing, you know, this water dripping, creaking floors. It was a very unusual experience as Westerner because you're expecting like this serene, secluded, quiet place to do this deep meditation, but it was all these distractions that were actually happening around him. And so the story is actually relates to today. If you can't deal with that, then how are you going to deal with modern, you know, the real world? And so that, that was part of the monk's practice. It wasn't because they weren't, you know, keeping things up. It's like that it, being aware of distractions and, you know, kind of like going through it is, is really important. So uh, when we're talking about, you know, going into the market, you know, that that's it. when we get to that level, whether it's this lifetime or a future lifetime, it's, be, uh, it's Nirvana, Nirvana, you know, it's, it's not a place you go to, you know, mm -hmm. so to speak, it's, it's being able to, you know, be your true self, you know, true being in our world. Uh, and that's revolutionary. We saw it with the Buddha, we saw it with Arhans, we, we saw it with Bodhisattvas. I mean, there that that is that that is the actual path is, is actually existing in this real world we're, we're not we're not escaping it you know mm -hmm. in, in that way we're we're walking through it in this market mm -hmm. just like the lotus right the lotus that has risen above the water and remains uh un, untouched by the water if you try to put some water on it the water will slide off of it it's like waterproof water resistant so in a similar way our mind can be like that lotus flower and rise above the world. And when touched by the world, uh, remains unstained or uncorrupted by the world. Well, everyone, uh, it was nice seeing you again today and see you tomorrow. May you be well, happy, comfortable, and peaceful. <laughs>